And we are streaming live. All over again, aren't we? In this new year. Happy New Year's. 2024. What a thunk it. Here we are. Where's the flying DeLoreans anyways? That's my question. Ain't no flying DeLoreans anywhere. Eh, Stefanmaya is my name. Either or. Whether there be flying DeLoreans or not. And uh, AddedSouls.com is the website. We're rolling live for our, our uh, Wednesday midweek study session. That is the theme, and we are going to begin our uh, our adventure, if you will, in the uh, book of Exodus. I mean, we did Genesis, and then I was juggling around, well, where are we going from here? And I thought, well, let's just go to Exodus, because Genesis, Exodus, you know, it is chronological in various respects, uh, and uh, we can just follow course, the inspired uh, account of the history witness there, and uh, we'll see what it's all about. It's good to see you, by all means, you know, like, share, comment, subscribe, that kind of good stuff helps the Added Souls uh, work move forward and reach others out there like you and I who might find this kind of stuff fun or educational, right? Bringing, of course, some value, some substance to our faith. Um... There are a few things to look at here. Let me see. There we go. Uh, you can see all the various locations that we uh, produce material. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Substack, Locals, Rumble, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and Patreon. You can find us all sorts of different locations. I do, of course, throw you away the opportunity to, um, or send your way the opportunity if you'd like to support this kind of stuff. There are uh, many locations you can do so. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada, a beautiful and growing congregation, very healthy congregation. And uh, you can check out the .com, eastcoastchurchofchrist.com. We also have a Facebook page. I upload my sermons there uh, on Sundays or sometimes Mondays, but you can check out the uh, East Coast Church of Christ Facebook page as well. I'm going to bring up the uh, scriptures the portion of scriptures that we're going to be looking at. We go live from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. And you can check out the itinerary there if you find something that interests you. Perhaps you're interested in the whole week. If so, good stuff. So let me bring up the text here that we're going to be looking at. Where are you? Screen share thingy. I'm a bit rusty. I was off on a bit of a hiatus, correct? Yeah, several weeks there back in 2023 in December. I was not uh, going live, obviously, for um, a great many uh, local responsibilities and uh, some wonderful, wonderful stuff taking place. But anyways, I'll get back to the swing of things, if you will, as we move forward. So we're, we are in Exodus chapter 1, and that is the portion of our study uh, for this AM. And, uh, of course, this is from... Uh, the continuance of what was taking place over in Genesis. And if you are interested in this kind of a session, in these kind of stu studies, you can go to the archived video location on our uh, Rumble channel, I believe, uh, where you will find us going from Genesis 1 all the way to Genesis 50. And uh, you can follow along there. That all right? That okay? Yeah. So Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, it says... Now these are the names 
of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. They came each one with his household. And the household speaks of verse 2, names here Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Issachar, verse 3, Zebulun, and Benjamin. Now I can see myself calling, you know, naming my child Benjamin. That's a, that's a wonderful name. That's a, you know, it works well. What about Issachar or Zebulun? What about that one? We can do Reuben, we could do Simeon, Levi, sure, Judah. I think it's just like Issachar and Zebulun. They kind of get a bad rep there, you know, they get swept under the rug. No one says, let's call our child Zebulun. <laughs> Anyways, it keeps going. Verse 4, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. What about those names? Are we using those names? What about Dan? Yeah, Dan can work. Gad? I don't know, man. Asher? Yeah? You know, hey, Ash, how's it going? Naphtali? Uh, Gad? Yeah, I don't know about those. Now, obviously, aside from the humorous point here or the humorous outlook, um, this is very important to the day and age it was inspired, written with inspiration and to those who would be reading it. It, of course, is descriptive and uh, holds witness to count. So it can be uh, identified as evidence and, of course, understood through the mind of the writer and the mind of the readers uh, of the day to their ancestral lineage, which was very important to them. So uh, they will write names and they will write locations and they will write, write timelines to that end. And of course, to their culture though, regarding timeline and chronological sequence, like we are here westernized in the chronicle sequence, we'd say like, hey, you know, we have, you know, remember May 8th, 1976, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the culture of the day that was writing these scriptures um, were more so chronological in event, not really time date, if you will, time date or historical <clears throat> uh, to that end, but more so to the event. Now, we, of course, are able uh, to set things in a chronological motion. And there are moments in the scriptures that do have that continuance where you can see the chronological ancestry. But sometimes they will go here, there, to and fro, uh, jumping from a time in the past and the, uh, to a time in the future, a prophecy of source, or to a time of the present. And uh, it is according, of course, more so to their culture, speaking of an event, not so much as, hey, this happened on, you know, March 16th, 1982, in, you know, wherever. So just a bit of, bit of a trivia there for you to keep in mind. So all the persons, it says in verse 5, all the persons who came from the loins of Jacob were 70 in number. But Joseph was already in Egypt. And again, I, I encourage you to go to the archived uh, study sessions we've had uh, to look at all that wonderful, wonderful information. Joseph died, verse 6, okay? And his brothers and all that generation. So that chapter of history came to its end. It was, of course, fulfilled and completed according to God's will through the agency of man's free will, which is interesting to me, of course, as um, a strong uh, proof to God's power how we, free-willed agents, independent and accountable, capable of making a decision, you know, I'm going to lift my hand. Look, I just did that. I thought about it. Did it I did it. Here you go. You know, we are free-willed agents. How through that, 
mechanism, that engineering, that very powerful creation, uh, the intelligent mind behind it, the source of authority, God, the great I am, the ancient of days, operates his will. Uh, you know, it'll uh, boil your brains there if you, you go deep into how, how that all works together. But I think the scriptures reveal how God's ways are not our ways. His might, his power, his foresight, his wisdom, the, the, what he can do, how he can do it is uh, far above our reach. Yet still, he saw it fit to love us and love us dearly to the point, of course, sending his son, his only begotten son. And uh, therein, uh, uh, such a wonderful hope we have in life. Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation in verse 6. So that came to its completion. Now migrating ourselves, transitioning. Well, I don't know about transitioning, but migrating into uh, the next uh, section of history, inspired written history. And uh, we will see what happens, of course, within the realm of Moses and the great Exodus and things like that. But the sons, it says in verse 7 of Israel, were fruitful and increased greatly. So though the generation of Joseph and his brothers had come to its completion, it is not the end of the ancestry, the lineage, the fruit of their bloodline. It's not the end of it. It's continuously multiplying as per God's uh, will and word and, and, and promise uh, to that covenant. Uh, and they multiplied. They multiplied, it says, and became exceedingly mighty. Exceedingly mighty. So that the land was filled with them. They have populated the earth. Procreation, full tilt, hammer down, let's go. It's happening. And it's a blessing. We kind of lost that in our current culture because, well, how should I say this? We are godless, degenerate, depraved, immoral, filthy, confused. I mean, you see where this is going. I mean, we don't know which washroom to walk into. We can't even discern or differentiate the two given genders we now believe ourselves to be, you know. I don't know, walking toasters or something. I, I, I can't keep up with it, but it, to the point, it, it's sad. But we've lost the gem of... Uh, Judeo-Christian value and principle, and uh, that would be ancestry. It would be family procreation, not solely to the fa to 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 the end of physical blessing. Of course, the priority in this new covenant, you and I, uh, commanded to be good stewards of the messianic age that that we that we in inhabit. We are in the end days or the last days, more accurately. The 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 messianic dispensation of time, the age of the Christian. Uh, you know, we, we, we should think about these things. Uh, though we, in priority, live a spiritual life, looking forward to the next realm, eternity, with our Lord and Master, that does not void us of the responsibility to uh, have uh, freedom in Christ and privilege and the, of course, limited Privilege, uh, securities we have to take hold of that and, and, and to cling to these blessings and thank God for them each day. We, we kind of took that for granted now and ran off the, ran off the edge with, <laughs> ran off the cliff with the rest of the pigs and now we're drowning, if you will. But uh, yeah, you know, that was a thing and uh, it, it served us well in principle for a long time while we adhered to Christian principles in these nations. We've since fallen, of course, and are now 
just any other pagan confused nations. But the sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and became increasingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Even our enemies understand this, this concept. I mean, you have yourself a, a conversation with our, um, well, now just our neighbors all over the place, right, uh, which is of the Islamic uh, religious worldview. You speak to them, they understand this very well. Out of their own mouth, you can find various interviews that were made with them. They'll, they'll plainly tell you, hey, you guys are done. You guys are going on the way out here, man. You guys are... Uh, murdering your babies, you guys are enamored in homosexuality. That don't that don't create children. You guys are on the way out. We, us, Islamic people. Oh, 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 we're just we're just bubbling. We're bubbling over, man. We're just popping kids all over the place. Yeah, we're taking over. It's a done deal. So it, from all angles, you can see how how this can apply, and uh, we can make sense of that. Uh, so it keeps going. It says, now a new king arose over Egypt. Okay. It's a new guy. He's over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. I don't know about Joseph. Now, what's the point? Well, he don't care about history. He has no regard for history. He's not paying attention to history. Oh, he's so progressive. You know, the liberal mind, progressive. Let's make some progress. Let's go away from the past and its history and what it was doing. Let's evolve, you know, let's become transhuman or something. <laughs> well, here's the new king. And uh, lo and behold, what you can see as a model today of what's taking place in this fallen nation can stem its way all the way back over here in Egypt with a new king who has no regard for history and what history could have taught him. Sadly, he could have learned a thing or two about the past kings and Joseph and what was happening there and how it managed to flourish and have all sorts of opportunity. They survived throughout the famine, didn't they? What happened there? Maybe we should look in the books. Maybe we should learn a thing. No, no, no time for those archaic patriotic nonsense. All that all that stuff is going out the door. I don't want to know about it. Neglect and reject, you know. Reject and neglect past history. Let's move forward here. It's all about progress, the liberal mind. So a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. So we got a problem here. Guys, let's sit down. We have to have ourselves a strategy here. Let's sit down at the table. Got a problem here. Got, a, got, got ourselves a concern of sorts. Uh, we got a problem. There's more of them than there are of us. We're the minority. What should we start doing? I don't know. Let's just start calling them a bunch of racists. I'm offended. Let's find ourselves some rights somewhere. So the political power and their persuasion and policies, of course, is being set by the vocal <laughs> administration of this new king who has no regard for history. He don't want to know about all these things. He just sees the problem, which is we're the minority. They're the majority. And the way of life they have is a threat to ours. We, we want rainbow-colored sidewalks, and they, they don't want that. We want all sorts of things. They don't want what we have, what we operate with. So we got a problem. Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Now, I am speaking, of course, dual, speaking, of course, within the context of what's taking place in Exodus, attached to the greater context of what was happening throughout the lineage of Genesis, 
applying it in a practical application to what we see today in principle. And it has various angles to it and whatever thought comes to it, I'll share, obviously. So behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. We got a problem. We can be subdued by them. We can be overtaken by them. We're the minority. They are the majority. But we have the office. We have the uh, administrative right to lead our policy and force our policy upon them. The minority, which is corrupt, immoral, godless, has power politically and sway over the majority who are accustomed to living a certain way, which treated them well. I mean, it fed them throughout a famine. It kept them safe and secure, gave them land, gave them lands. Nope. Okay. We got to get rid of them. Or we got to find a way to keep them controlled. He says, verse 10, Come, let us deal wisely with them. We have to be quite cunning here in the way we're going to control these people who could subdue us. They have the majority, and their way of life, of course, is not our way of life, and we are the minority, and we want to enforce our way of life. We have to keep them, <laughs> we got to keep control of things here, right? Or else, you know, let us be quite cunning with them, being wise with them. We don't want to misstep here, and then they take over or anything like that. So, or else... They will multiply in the event of war. They will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. And friends, this is just, you know, that's why I love the Bible. You can see it as clear as day how it, it holds valuable information throughout all generations and timelines in history. So here's this new king. He has no regards for the past. Who cares about Joseph? Who cares about all that stuff that took place? Which, of course, gave them many blessings and, and securities. No, let's throw that aside. Here's the panic. Here's the fear. We can't allow them to take over. Can't happen. So what do we got to do? Well, before we get there, let's just keep talking about the problems that may occur, the concerns of their procreation here they will multiply in an event of war and they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land they won't be our uh, shackled servants anymore slaved to our hard labor so what's the mind of this king uh how should I say that? What's, what, what's, what's circulating in his thought, of course, is not uh, to be prosperous, to have a uh, cooperation with the people, to have a goal and a leadership that would al allow all citizenries to um, live in peace. Uh, no, you know, no, of course not. It, it never is. It isn't today in these fallen nations. It wasn't back then in the mind of this new king. But he, he, he has enough um, intelligence to understand something that, you know, in the event of war, if they keep multiplying as they are doing, they're going to join themselves to others who don't like us very much. And they could, of course, 
cause problems. They could depart from the sign, no longer be under our control, our clutch, our um, oppression, if you will. And also, again, to that angle, you can see from both sides, from from um, the godless side or the uh, God-fearing side, from the godless side to the God-fearing side, if those of us who are God-fearing embrace the blessing of family, you know, male, female, husband, wife, and pray for Lee, the ability to produce children, blessing, love, family, um, we can find ourselves secure and multiplying and, um, how, to sh how should I say, cooperating with um, a great many households or states, provinces, nations that see the same priority, the same principle. And uh, we can find ourselves quite secure uh, against enemy, threat, and hostilities. And it's the same, again, in reversal to the godless mind. They say the same thing. Let's procreate. Let's form an alliance. And let's get rid of whoever they say the enemy is. I mean, look at where we are at currently with the globalist powers and this whole thing. It's taking place, sadly, not from the mind of a God-fearing and humble child of God, but rather by godless heathens uh, who hate human life and just seek to control and murder legally and all that kind of nonsense. So you can see it. You, you, you can see it from all angles. It continues. The text continues in verse eleven and says, "So they appointed. Like here's the solution." This new king, no regard for the past, no regard for his history, no regards for, for Joseph and all the, those things. He just, okay. So all of this is taking place. He sees the problem in his mind. So he has to uh, formulate an agency uh, solution to the problem. Uh, to his, Of course, all, all of this corrupt. So he, he, he sees it in a corrupt corrupt way. So they appointed taskmasters over them, Israel, those whom he, whom he fears will multiply and keep multiplying, to afflict them with hard labor. Now he holds the intelligence to recognize several things, but you can see how he quickly falls off the cliff in a great many other uh, categories of conversation. Here, in solution to his concerns. How are we going to fix this problem? Oh, well, we're just going to give them more hard labor. See, he doesn't have the wisdom to understand this thing. What thing? Here, hear me out. If you create these tough times for these individuals, they're going to get tough. They're going to get tough. You're not going to have the desired effect you are seeking. It may initially, it may initially cause fear among the people and hard bondage and they may, you know, inject themselves with this dystopian thought that, oh, the, the Pharaoh loves me, the king loves me, and this is why he's doing this, and we be quiet, don't, don't cause any problems, you just do what he says and everything will be fine, just keep complying and they, they'll, keep, they'll keep us safe. You know that, that, 
you can have that initial uh, 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 fungus, you know, contaminate the minds of Israel. But uh, you give them enough time with that, some of them are going to start to wake up to it. An awakening of sorts being, hey, there's more of us than them. And I'm tired of being beaten to the ground, you know, being taxed to oblivion, to hard labor, and all our funds are going to this king, you know, whatever, what, you know where I'm going. But it, it, after a while, it's going to, it's, it's, it's in, if history's taught us anything, it's an ungetoverable objective absolute that people are going to begin protesting, revolting, and people are going to get tired of uh, this kind of a leadership. But anyways, he don't know that yet, so he's going for it. And he's just like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to appoint taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor. And they build, and they built for Pharaoh storage cities, Python and Ramses. Okay, hard labor for the purpose, of course. <laughs> and, and, and imagine that, you know. You're, you're, you're captive to this to this bondage of sorts, uh, slavery, hard labor that violates your conscience and your, your religious worldview. I mean, your God is the living God, the ancient of days, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here you are under these uh, pagans and heathen things and in godless ways, uh, having to create and mold their gods and their, their, their worldview, their religious worldview. You are forced to participate and produce their religious worldview. Now, of course, it's important to understand that when bad things happen to believers, it's because believers lost faith in God. And that's like, listen, you, you don't need a PhD for this one. If I can figure it out, and I'm telling you, I'm way down there in the, bo the bottom of the barrel somewhere, you know, as far as my capability of, of brain power. And if I can get it, you can get it. Listen, when you see something, a nation, a province, a state, when you find a community, a household, you, you can go from the household to the, to, to the state, to the, to the country, to the world. You can go everywhere with it. It's applicable all around. Where you find no Jesus Christ, no love your neighbor as yourself kind of stuff, okay? When you don't have God, when you reject God and the idea of all of that, you're going to find problems. It's a repetitive historical fact. It just is. War-torn countries that have always been in war over there in the Middle East or wherever, dictatorships and heavy... What? No Jesus there. Why did we manage to flourish for so long? We had Jesus here once. Why is it that throughout the history of the Old Testament, the 39 books recorded by inspired writers from various cultures and geographical locations and timelines in history. Why is it every time we saw God's people in bondage to pagans, heathens, or enemies, was it directly connected to disobedience to God, lack of faith, lack of love for God? No, we're smarter than you, God. We can do it on our own. Thanks, though. <laughs> We've been in bondage for 400 years. What happened? We need to repent. God, please forgive us for being foolish 
And what does God do every time he loves us? Of course, he's a father eagerly waiting for his son's return. But it's against his nature. It's against his nature to freely uh, give uh, forgiveness and blessing to an unrepentant people. Um, How should I say this uh, as an illustration form? There are certain locations, for instance, that you... Okay, um, let's say you are hired by a corporate entity in power, uh, an upright location, let's say that exists, an upright uh, uh, corporation of sorts, and you find yourself being hired for a position of authority there in leadership. But there's a requirement to that. It is the nature of the cooperation that you have a... or Uh, submit to a dress code of sorts, suit and tie. Like every morning, from uh, 9 to 5, you go to work, or where, whenever you go to work, you, you must be in suit and tie. Like that is a requirement. It's not that your employer, doesn't, employer does not appreciate you. It's not that your employer is seeking to enforce something upon you that is not just or anything like that. It's that it's the understood nature of the corporation. If you work for this business, you must do so in suit and tie. So you have to show up at work in a suit and tie. And if you don't and you start showing up with, you know, flip-flops and Hawaiian shirts and the employer is going to be, you cannot enter this facility. You cannot work here under that condition. It is a violation of our nature and our uprightness, our integrity and conduct here. You should know that. You've worked here for a while now. Ah, I still do the work. What's the problem? What's the problem? I can still do the work in flip-flops and Hawaiian shirt. You may still, but there's a, there, there's a discrepancy now. There's a delinquency about, and it's, it's, it's caused a, 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 it causes problems that we, we just cannot have here as a court. You cannot work here that way. There are conditions in which the people of God must honor. Not only in law, if you will, outwardly, but also from faith within. It has to be genuine. It has to be true. If we don't show up to work in our suit and tie, we're going to get fired. You cannot be the recipient of the blessings found in the cooperation if you're in a Hawaiian shirt and flip-flops. And I got nothing against Hawaiian shirts and flip-flops. You know that. It's just to prove the point. So why do we find at times God's people no longer within the realm of blessing? And which in physical Israel, the ages of physical Israel, we no longer live in the age of physical Israel. We live in the age of spiritual Israel. No longer Jew or Greek, right? We're Christians now. Okay. But back in the age of physical Israel, ancestry, security, land, all these things would have been given to you by God if you would have faith in him and trust him. So when you did not do that, you were no longer showing up to work in a suit and tie. God of his nature could no longer... In it could no longer be the produce the blessing for you, so you became slave to worldly gods. Now, in principle, it's the same thing today. When America and Canada used to recognize our sovereignty, used to recognize our privilege and freedom coming from a higher power, 
our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, our King. We've flourished because the principles and moral codes of Christianity are organized in such a way to allow us law and order, peace and tranquility, all these things, justice. But when you remove that, like we have done, we are now being governed by globalist powers that hate us and are currently legally murdering us because we've made now a man our God. If there is no God, the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if there is no Christ, our King, our Master, if, if God, the God of the 66 books of the Bible, is, does not exist, is not real, is but a myth and fantasy, then we, out of our nature, create a God to worship. And the gods we create to worship come from the minds of men, corrupt men, tyrants, tyranny. They do so in sociopolitical arenas, and sadly, they do so in the church as well. Corruption can find its way anywhere. A godless mind masquerading this way, masquerading that way. So, here are the people of Israel within the bondage of a new king in Egypt who doesn't care much about their history, doesn't care much about Joseph and the well-woven connection that was taking place in the age of Joseph, to which both parties, <laughs> through God's mercy, were capable of having many blessings and surviving a great many desperate times. Well, like anything. Anyways, a bit of insight there uh, shared together. Verse 12 says, but the more they afflicted them, so the more pressure and bondage upon the people that was produced by these Egyptians on Israel, the more Israel just multiplied and the more they spread out. Can't get rid of them. Like cockroaches. Pesky things. They're all over the place. Can't get rid of them. The more pressure we apply, the more, the more a tyranny... A tyrant and his godless policies are oppressed upon us, the more we're starting to become stronger against that. So they were in dread of the sons of Israel. I mean, it's a deep dread, a loathe, a frantic fear, a all of it. Like, what are we going to do? I wish I could have been at that board meeting, right? Just be like, okay, hear me out, genius. Hear me out. I'm just going to throw this out there. What if? What if? We go back into history, which is not too far off here. You know, it's not like we're reaching thousands and thousands of years ago and we, we you know, uh, our resources are limited. No, listen. All of this is documented. Let's just go back to our immediate history here and just take a look at what was happening with the king back then and Joseph and Israel and how they worked it out. Maybe that model would allow us some security and we'd no longer need to dread or to frantically fear Israel. Hey, maybe there's something we could even learn from them. Who knows? 
I don't know. Who am I? But yeah, that would be my uh, two cents to the matter. If I could just, you know, time travel to the board. Of course, they'd have me publicly executed in a matter of a breath. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we move forward. Verse 13. The Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor vigorously. If at first it doesn't succeed with the same very thing, let's do the same very thing again. It's called insanity. Let's just keep doing the same very thing. It's not working, but it will one day. Yeah, I know communism didn't work before, but it'll work this time. <laughs> I promise it will. We'll eat bugs and stuff, and we'll own nothing, and we'll be happy. Okay. Uh, yeah, please consider subscribing, liking, sharing, dropping a comment, all that kind of good stuff. Friends, listen. This is how we move forward. So the, Egyptian, the Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor vigorously. Let's just keep doing this. And they made, verse 14, their lives bitter with hard labor in mortar. Mortar? 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 I never know how to pronounce that. Mortar. Mortar. Put more tar on that pavement. So they made their lives bitter with hard labor and mortar and bricks and all kinds of labor in the field. Find yourself working around the clock for nothing? Where's your money going? Going to the king who has no regards for our history? You know, chartered rights, constitution, founding forefathers. No, no, no. Let's just keep oppressing the citizenry with hard labor. And let's take all their money for our own selfish ambitions and desires. Well, we're just going to keep multiplying. We're going to get angry, aren't we? We're going to start doing stuff. Anyway, so they made their lives bitter with hard labor and mortar and bricks and all kinds of labor in the field. All their labors, which they rigorously imposed on them. Imposed. Because they dread them. We fear them. So we must control them. We must break their spirit. Got a lot of that going on today. Broken spirits. I know. I know. I minister to the community. I... I'm just a regular blue-collar Joe like anyone. I, I try to help out. Be like, hey, man. And I, I know. It's bad. It's bad. And it's, it, it's to try to get people to the source cause. That's the difficult part. Going out there and saying, hey, life's hard. You're going to get a name in. Oh, hey, man, I know it's the worst. Grocery prices. Gas prices. Mortgage. Rent. Can't afford to live. I know. Amen. Why? Why? What happened? Why is this happening? Oh, then all kinds of stuff comes up. Well, it's the economy. Really? Is it the economy, though? Is, it that the, is that the source cause of all of this? We are a rich nation, wealthy nation. Our natural resources... Our resources playing it, it just anywhere, in any district. And it, 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 there's absolutely no reason we should be in hard bondage. Can't even afford to eat, put gas in the vehicle, pay them rent, pay them more. There's no reason for that. We are in the land of milk and honey, prosperity, all kinds of opportunities. What's happened? 
What's the root? Well, it's just, it's climate change, you see. Oh, so the weather changing is the reason we can't afford to eat this week. Yeah. See, it's 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 not that they won't agree with you. It's not that we can't agree together in, in, in life is hard. Life's hard. Amen. It's always harder somewhere else. Amen. But why? Why have we lost our former glories? What's happening here? Israel, why are you under a hard bondage now? What's taking place here? Is there something that... What's happening? It's one thing to take the ibuprofen because you have a migraine. It's quite another to go to the root cause of the migraine, which is usually dietary reasons. You know, your, your gut digestive system, the kind of food you eat, go to the source cause, and then you won't need to take an ibuprofen. They don't sell ibuprofen as a one pill for all life kind of thing, do they? No, they sell them in bulk so that you go there every week and buy another bottle. I need another bottle. I need another bottle. Because it's not fixing the source cause. Why is our nation falling into its complete, falling into complete chaos? Well, it's the, it's the, it's the weather. No. Well, it's the economy. It has to do with money. No. Keep going. Uh, yeah, okay, listen. We chose to neglect and reject the truth about God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master. I know it sounds so crazy to, the, to, to, to these people. Ah, uh, it's because we've not suffered enough. Take my word for it. I'm no prophet, obviously. But, but, but please, take, the, take this note. There is a coming day when we will have suffered so much there would have been there will have been so much blood in the streets so much suffering will have taken place so much sorrow that we're actually going to be humbled enough to say i think we should have read history i think we need to go back to the 66 books of the holy bible 39 in the old 27 in the new and we need to learn something we need to start asking God for forgiveness. We need to start confessing our sins to God and begging forgiveness. But we're not there yet, are we? No, 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 we're not there yet. So let's keep reading. Verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives. Oh, he spoke to the Hebrew midwives, did he? Oh, you know what? Let me see here. We've ran enough time. I'm going to save. I know I was going to try to go through to verse uh, 22, but with time just fleeting, we, we're 45 minutes in already. You know, let's let's just cliffhang the whole thing, and we'll keep going next session, Lord willing, next week on our midweek study on Wednesday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. We'll go from 15 to 22, and, and I think it's important because, you know, from 15 to 22, we start to see a bit of hope there, you know, from the onslaught of this uh, new king here in Egypt. And I, I think we should do that. I think that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, let me see here. Let me take out the screen share over there. Let me drop in the added souls again. Yeah. Please consider subscribing, liking, sharing, drop a comment, that kind of good stuff. We stream, obviously, all over the place. Now... We were able to do so on YouTube, but YouTube canceled my channel, and so now we had to create a new channel. Everywhere is you're going to go. YouTube, Twitter, Substack, Locals, Rumble, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Patreon, everywhere's, everywhere's, everywhere's. It's all added soul stuff. So seek it out. 
And by all means, please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can support the work there. It greatly helps us move forward. It greatly motivates us to keep going forward. Um, and no amount is too low. No amount is too high. Uh, and we'd love to have you there. There is exclusive content there as well. So when you sign up and start to support, you'll have access to various things. And I tend to be a bit more personal there, share a bit more insight uh, of what's happening over here and the wonderful work and, and all that kind of stuff. So please consider that. Um, it would be a great help for 2024. Obviously, we have to ramp up a few things and we got a, many good works involved. Uh, but if you just want to send a donation along those lines, you can do so through PayPal at itssouls at gmail.com. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. You can check out the .com or our Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. We go live from Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Times. Look at the itinerary. You'll see, you know, uh, what what's taking place each day. Uh, you are greatly appreciated. You are loved. And um, if you have any concerns or questions, reach out to us. We can have ourselves some some conversation if you'd like study material or study links uh reach out to us you know we'd be more than uh willing uh to help you to, to that end and um yeah i think that's it i think that's it many things of course to, to 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 ponder on many things to meditate on and to um apply right let's put god first in our lives let's do that and um let's build family Let's build family. Let's let's grow our faith in Christ for this year, this this wonderful new year we've been blessed to have. Uh, who knows what tomorrow holds? It may be, you know, what the king of Egypt <laughs> was doing to the people, and more of that. I don't know, but uh, we can persevere if we have our minds right. Tomorrow, Lord willing, what are we? Thursday. Uh, topical discussion. We'll see what's going to happen. We're going to try to bring in our friend and brother Norm Fields with us and uh, have just kind of an organic conversation on topical stuff. Hope to find you there. All right. Stay focused and stay positive. Till uh, we meet again. Uh, peace out. <laughs>